Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Happy Nuggetlands Tuesday to you. The Avs are back in action. The Nuggets, oh, they're fitting to rip the Minnesota Timberwolves apart tonight uh, down at Ball Arena. Scott Hastings will be on the call for that. And we're getting closer and closer to Super Bowl 57. It was media night last night. They had a giant stage. I don't know if you guys saw it. Nikki Javala of our old buddy who's now at the Post in Washington. Yep. She tweeted out a photo and, and nailed it. It looked like an octagon. Like, it looked like a UFC event. Oh, like, guys right? were about to, like, that. square up and fight. That's cool. But they were actually up on the podium uh, talking and sharing stories and, you know, doing first night of Super Bowl stuff. It was kind of fun to watch. Nice. Now, before we get into that, I just got to ask, uh, what is going on with Hastings right now? For uh, we got the nicest day we've oh, had wow. in about a month and a half. Yeah. And he's got the beanie on. That's B-Rabbit uh, right what, there. What, what's going on, Hastings? Mm-hmm. Well, I watched my guy uh, Mahmoud last night in, in his uh, documentary that that was just released called Stan. Really, uh, pretty powerful documentary. Um, and he had a beanie on like this, so I said, you know, I'm honoring my honoring my guy today. Nice. Okay. Plus, I had it. Plus, I had it laid in my bed, and I wanted to bring it downtown. And I had things in my hand, so it's easier to you know, I put it on and then and then came down. All right, I think it looks good. Looking good right there. He's trying to stay young. That's what he's doing. That's right. I, I see right through it. I see Scott. what it's all about, Scott. You're just trying to stay well, young. But you do know that, that, what is it, 80% or 90% of your body heat leaves your body through the top of your head. Wow. So if you could Man. keep it warm, you could keep your body warm. Okay. I good got this know. forehead, too, so I'm losing all have, of it. You do have a Peyton-esque forehead. Yeah, yeah, I'm losing all the heat up yeah. there. All right, before we get too far into it and start hey, the hey, show. And by the way, real fast, yeah. just, you mentioned it just now, Minnesota. I am all in you now, or on you, or with you. Wait, all, wait try that of, again, Scott. Yeah. What was the first one? Uh, Whoa, <laughs> TT, can, can, can we get a rewind oh. on that? Uh, listen, I can be your Frank. Anyway, um, he's a nice guy, dude. Uh, um, dude, I I can't stand Minnesota right now. Yeah. I, I I I just absolutely, I you know, I, before long I'm like, okay, whatever the, the you know, and then Ryan and all that, okay, whatever. <laughs> I just think there's some arrogance there, man. It's just starting to drive me a little crazy. Mm-hmm. So Save that thought. Nuggets I guess take care of business tonight. I want to get to that because we do want the Nuggets to take care of business. But you know we're also doing our big squares, and the top of the hour is important. So oh, yeah. you got five minutes here. 1210 is the deadline, and you're texting the word squares to 303-504-0925. Save that number because you're going to call that number as well. And 
Uh, a chance to up to $2,000 winning. $2,000 is what you could win, plus a $50 gift card to Nola Janes if you make the call in the five minutes at the top of the hour if your name's called. So <clears throat> to be qualified, you text squares. We'll text you back. You reply with your first and last name. Then you're listening at the top of the ever, every hour to get yourself some squares and call back in five minutes. You get squares plus the gift card. All right, noon hour. We're looking for Brett Alfrey. Alfrey? Brett Alfrey. We are looking for you, sir. And you want to call us back by 1210 at 303-504-0925. Now, if Brett calls, our squares are done for the day. If not, 1 o'clock, uh, we're going to give somebody else an opportunity at the cash. It's all thanks to our friends at BetSafe. All right, so let's get into it a little bit, Scott. Yeah, you hate Minnesota with me. I appreciate that. Um, I really do feel it, that it's way, Loserville, boys. USA. I just think that the Nuggets are going to go out tonight to send a message, not only to the league that Coach Malone's been doing, and we love it, but also going, hey, bleep these guys. We've We've only got them... What on back to backs four of the five times we're gonna bring our uh, five five of the last seven times you've played Jeez. these guys, it's been a back to back uh, uh, until tonight. So tonight a message gets sent by the Denver Nuggets to the Minnesota Let's Timberwolves. Go. I think they. And by the way, they they played I think like Wednesday and then Denver Sunday and then again here on Tuesday. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's nice. Isn't that yeah. nice? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. So that's going down. Plus, uh, we do have the Avalanche finally back. Some folks are getting healthy there. Jared Bednar talked this morning with uh, Mosier Lombardi and Kane saying, hey, we're getting right at the perfect time. Now we have to go out and execute, which we all, uh, you know, assume that they will do. Still about a week out I, I read the a captain, huh? Since he's even oh, skating. Oh, like, I hope so. He was kind of saying uh, a week I, I, out of them just being reunited. Oh, is that what he was saying? Yeah. I, I kind of heard just that different. Skating. Maybe I heard that wrong. Because he's training in, uh, what did Raj say, Dan? Like Philly? He, he's not training in Colorado. Yeah, they said the rehab. target date for him to come back is early March. Okay. Hey, it's early February. So three weeks. Got hey, a month. Hey, it, I was reading an article today on the, the NHL and the possibilities, and, and obviously uh, the articles on, on – Teams making moves and how you know and all this stuff and bam, bam, bam. and and, and uh, I can't remember how they phrased it, but but you know, here, here's the teams that really have legit chance to to win to win a, a championship. And then they showed all these young guys are available, but they had Colorado. I go okay, so they know. Yeah. <laughs> so this this national rider, you know, even though Colorado is down in the standings, what seventh or eighth or whatever they are in the in the Western Conference in the playoffs. They put them as one of the eight teams to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm like, well, not very often do you put a team down there number eight. No. Right. And sit there and say they got a chance to win a Stanley Cup. But they know. And and it will depend on how healthy they can get and stay these last, what, uh, what is it, 16, 15 W yep. there, Dan? What is that, uh, 15 W? 16, 16 W? What w. Is that? Mission 16, 16 W. w. 16W plus another 30-some games, right? Mm -hmm. You know, can they stay healthy the next 50 and get healthy as far as getting Landeskog mm -hmm. back? It is wild, though, that we're this deep and we're still having the exact same conversation we were having one week into the season, you know, two weeks into the season, a month yeah. into the season, coming back from Finland. Uh, it's the exact same conversation we were having then, and we're having it now. We're going to be okay as long as we get the guys back. Well, it, we got better. I'm gonna tell you what, uh, and go look at the the, the the 
what is it, the wave of good, bad, good, bad that the season the Avs have had. And it sure seems like when when Nachuchkin gets in the, on the ice, good. Yep. Nachuchkin's out for four games, bad. Yes. Yeah, Nachuchkin's back in, good. <laughs> yeah. You know. And now you now you're going to add Manson and and uh, Bo Byram. It looks like right yep. at the uh, the uh, start unofficial start of the second half. Mm-hmm. Dude, man, time to get excited and get this thing cranked. It's also like I I think we should feel good about this because of what you said, Tyler. It's We've been having this conversation. Going into the All-Star break, they're a playoff team. Yeah. That, that, without stars, without Valerie, who kind of makes it go. Miko's been yeah. doing his thing, holding it. Kale's dealing with stuff. Nate missed time again this year. Like, to me, uh, I'm uh, actually excited about a, where they a, are right a, now. A normal team, I don't care what sport it is, uh, whether it's hockey, basketball, football, a normal team cannot survive halfway through the season and still be in the hunt without their guys. A normal team can't. Mm-hmm. So, so you're right. That, that absolutely is encouraging to be here in the, in the thick of it. You've still got an opportunity to do something special, and you don't have your guys back. That, that feels good. Yeah. And, and you know what's exciting? You know what's you know the only thing better than, than winning the Stanley Cup is winning one back-to-back. Mm, yes. And, and if these guys roll in – and all of a sudden, you see the play, you know, stay up on a higher plane. Let me the higher plane. <laughs> and flying up there like Stevie Winwood. Dude, yeah. this is going to be, again, a fun, fun, fun spring and summer. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun, fun party and party. Till the Rockies start the this right? season. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Till the Rockies play the All-Star game. Um. Uh, actually, let's hear it real quick before I, I, I got to say something about what the Nuggets game could be tonight. But let's hear Coach Bednar from this morning uh, about where this Avs team is with injuries. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly did. Yeah, and, and that is that is correct. We got both those guys coming back into the lineup tonight. Got a little rest for some of the guys that have been playing a lot here uh, going into the break. Had a good stretch going into that break. Played pretty well. And um, you know, we get we definitely have to come out of this break better than we did out of the Christmas one. So, guys, we're focused last couple of days. We've had two skates already. We're going to skate this morning here shortly in uh, Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to get a few of those guys back in the lineup. And we have a few other guys that seem to be on the men that are hitting the ice again in Manson and uh, Helm. And hopefully we can uh, work those guys back into the lineup here in the near future as well. All right, so yeah, looking good. Like I said, getting right at the right time. That's all that matters. And then you get the captain back, you make that push, and as Scott said, you go to make your defense of Lord Stanley's Cup. We're actually going to talk to Connor McGahee right at 1 o'clock. And I, I, Connor gave us a number, like last couple of visits he was on, of going, get to this number, points-wise, you're safe. You're going to make yourself uh, a playoff contender. So I want to ask Connor what that is, and then we'll look at what the calendar brings and where the Avalanche can get those dubs, steal some points. Uh, All right, how about this about Bones? I was thinking about this last night for prep, looking at the game, all that good stuff. You know, the trade deadline is the ninth. Yep. The Nuggets will start a road trip after this. Scotty's got some trips to go on. Um, This could be, and if it continues, like you've already seen it, but because of the DMPs, uh, in my opinion, this is Bone Highland's last game at Ball Arena. Trade deadline comes Thursday. Y'all that are in uh, Orlando on Thursday. Extremely logical. Now, mm-hmm. uh, do they just sit him entirely, protect him, 
What, 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 what do they do? Assume. They got to keep doing it. Make sure he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I mean, you, you've done it this much. Uh, Coach Malone, he, he was actually more open and honest about it than I thought he would be. What was it? I, I guess three or four days ago uh, when he was asked, how, how you, how's, what's going on with the bone situation? He was just like, look, it's a tough situation for all. I sympathize with them. Uh, but it is a business, and 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 he knows that. So you know this thing's going down. I mean, there, there's no coming back from this. You you you've reached the turning point where it's, what do you do? I mean, mm-hmm. if you don't get him traded, then what? Scotty, well, if you don't trade him, then then you got to say, okay, what's his assets for us? As far as what can he give us, and and can those outweigh any negatives that they're trying to teach him, and and you know maybe some bad habits they're trying to break him from. Um, and then what you're going to do is say, listen, you're here. Do you want to play? Yeah, I, and I think I mean, that's I mean, what you it is, you, I mean, you, you, you want to play. I mean, is, isn't it as simple as can they recover the relationship if they don't trade them? I mean, yeah, forget, and forget I, and the I, skills. And, and listen, I, I think there will be open arms from one end. It's, you know, listen, we've all been humans, and we, we're a little older than Bones. You guys, I mean, even think about it, you guys are way older. Than, than Bones, you yeah. could be an uncle or something like that to him. Um, but sometimes we have to learn as human beings that that critical messages aren't always aren't always unfriendly messages. They can be, but sometimes in in a in an industry, especially like the Nuggets, like the Nuggets basically has been built by bringing in the core, develop that core, let that core stay together, and now you're at a precipice where maybe you got a chance to win a championship. He's not, he's a member of that draft class, you know, drafting philosophy, build up and go, and, and someone says or does something critical to you, and you get angry. Mm-hmm. And then you say and do things that would be wiser if you didn't. Um, can that be healed? Um, I've never seen... Well, there's certain relationships that get to certain points where, okay, it's done. Um, I don't think it's completely done here, but it's going to take people sitting down in a room and let's have a conversation. And to be honest with you, it ain't just with, with the general manager. It ain't just with the coaching staff. He's going to have to have a long conversation with some members of this team. That's yep. exactly right. Yeah. We'll uh, continue that conversation because, like I said, it might be Bone's last home game tonight as they'll start a a little quick road trip before the deadline comes and goes. Abs are on the ice tonight. First game post-All-Star break. You'll hear that over on AM 950. The Nuggets got you right here uh, on 92.5. All right, when we come back, I do have a name that I saw that was made available last night. I want to ask Scott if he likes that, and is the value equal up if it is for Bones? Plus, I'll ask Tyler. Uh, Brian Flores said, nah, thanks to everybody. I'm going to Minnesota. What does that mean for Denver's defensive coordinator gig? We discuss next. Welcome back to PhD 1220 is the time. An outstanding uh, documentary that is on Showtime. Currently, we're kind of, we'd like to tease our guy that is coming on right now, but um, we we can get him right now, so we're going to get him. Tom Friend, an old friend, if you will, of mine, that we met years and years and years ago when ESPN2 started. We were kind of working together. He decided to stay with the ESPN for about the next 20 years. (laughs) Uh, He's been nominated for a number of Emmys. He's a writer. He's an author. He's a producer one of the producers on the new documentary, Stan. It's about Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, and very well done. He joins us right now from somewhere on the West Coast. Tom, it's, it's Scott, Josh, and Tyler. How you doing, my friend? 
Hey, guys. Hey, Scott. What's going on, man? You're the best, man. Uh, uh, you know I love you. Uh, real fast, I got to watch the documentary last night. Uh, thank you. I stayed up till 2.30 to do nice. that. But uh, um, you and I talked a little bit. I, you, you sat down with me, and I, I got to do an interviews. You did a lot of the interviews yourself. Right. Now reflecting back, which I've got to be believe it was a year-plus project, what were the the more intriguing moments or interviews that you had during this whole process? Well, it was four years in the making, Scott. Um, I wow. you know, first, had the, first had the idea in May of 2019, and we almost got four. It's almost four years ago. And, um, you know, uh, Mood was finally ready to do this, and we, we got it done. I, I'd say the interview with Mood. You know, I did the interview that in the documentary. It's a, it was a two days, about four to five hours each day. So you talk about a guy who sat there calmly. We kept asking him, are you all right? You all right? He sat there for four hours a day and, you know, relayed his life story. And, you know, you're talking about deep stuff. You're talking about Tourette syndrome. You're talking about, you know, Malcolm Poverty. X. You're talking about, you know, the whole ball, ball of wax. And uh, he, he did a great job with it. But I think – the best inter- the interviews to me was your interview was amazing. Um, the interview with Bernie Bickerstaff was enlightening. Um, you know, you could go on and on, but uh, I, I just felt my mood really, really shared his soul. And that's what made yeah. this documentary worth it because he didn't hold back. Yeah. I haven't got a chance to see it yet, Tom, but we'll certainly make time for it because of what Mahmoud meant to, to Denver, a young basketball fan that was myself. What were, can you give us a little bit of the insights of that? And Scott, we'll ask you to do it later too. But for now, Tom, like the, the basketball brain of Mahmoud, did you talk about what kind of player he'd be in a game like today? The, the first version of Steph Curry is kind of what he's known as around here in NBA circles. Like, did you ask him about what, modern day basketball looks like and how he would have fit in and been such a star in today's game. Well, first of all, when you go, if you get, when you get a chance to see the documentary, one of the coolest parts, I think Scott will vouch for this is the footage of this kid in high school. Wow. I mean, he's just, he is Steph Curry before Steph Curry. He, 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 he had unlimited range. His crossover was sick. There's a great story in this documentary, but, Sort of, some of it got cut a little bit. We could, we had to cut it back a little bit. But he's at the Nike camp at Princeton as a junior in high school after his junior year, and he's at the camp. And Michael Jordan is one of the counselors, and this is in '87, '86. So Michael has just put up 60 on Bird, right? <laughs> and you know, Michael is, you know, he's Michael now. Yeah, yeah. And he, Mark moves in the first row. He's a high school junior. And Michael says, come out here, young fella. And so Mahmoud goes out there, and he, Michael hands him the ball in front of all these campers, and Mahmoud crosses him over, scores. Wow. And Michael says, wait a minute, let's do this again. Now, in the documentary, we had to cut it back a little bit. It happens twice. So he comes back, and he hands the ball again. He does another move and scores on him again. Wow. And Stanley Roberts. Stanley Roberts is in the audience as a young kid at the same time, same year of high school. And he's laughing, and he tells the story. We had to take that out. There's so much on the cutting room floor. because We, we could have done a three-hour documentary here. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is that it was a great story, and, my, and Michael eventually tells him to sit down because he just, he just scored. <laughs> now, then they play again in 96, or it's actually, I think it was the winter of 95. They play at McNichols Arena. 
And Michael has started guarding the point guard. You know, so Michael's playing the point on defense. I think the game before he got lit up, and Mahmoud said, I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm gonna school this guy. And Michael started the game out on him, and, and Mahmoud scored like, went off on him in the first half. And, Kerr, and then they ended up putting Steve Kerr on him. That was ridiculous. That's all in the documentary. But, you know, he was un, unguardable because he had unlimited range, and he could – and he would cross you over, and Scott knows he played with him. I mean, it's just he he just when he was on, he scores fifty one on Stockton. Yeah. No, John Stockton, the Hall of Fame, I think so. I mean, he just lit him up. So the guy was amazing. So in today's game, the way it's changed about the physicality, I you know, Lafonso Ellis told us he he'd score thirty a game. That's what he said. I don't know if that's true, but yeah. Yeah, that's a take. Hey, if he was on this Nuggets team now with Murray and 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 Nikola Jokic, they'd win the championship. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you, he 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 was he was crazy. There is a scene in the in the film when he is uh, a, a sophomore year at LSU. They're playing at Mississippi State, and they're down by eight with about a minute and a half left. And the fans are chanting, "Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy?" Out of the crowd. Now, Mahmoud doesn't know who his father is, and that's part of the theme of the right. of the film that he, he undergoes this evolution to try to find who his father is and the fans are screaming this and Shaq who's a freshman says why are they screaming why are they saying that and they, someone says well you know, he doesn't know his father so he gets to the end of the game they're down eight and Mahmoud tells Dale Brown give me the ball and he scores proceeds to score eight points in like you know 30 seconds they tie the game sent to overtime and Shaq said in the interview in the documentary that's the greatest performance he's ever seen and I've been around Penny I've been around Kobe I've been wow, around Jordan Michael. Yeah, George, you know, so, you know, the guy could, the guy was on fire. Well, you, you know, I'm a, I'm looking forward to watching it because Mahmoud was such a huge part of my childhood. I, I mean, he was such a, such an icon. Uh, but why, why don't you give us uh, one or two of your favorite surprises that you learned about him that, uh, you know, people that watch are, are going to be, you know, just a, a fun little story they're, they're going to walk away with. Yeah, well, the thing I didn't—the thing that you're—you're you're a fan of them. So I, mean, I didn't grow up in Denver, but I covered games there. But I didn't know they used to say "Rauf." There it is. So oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that like yesterday. Heck yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, that's in the film. You know, you got that scene when that game against Chicago when he lights up Michael. They're all saying "Rauf." There it is. Um, you know, Tommy Shepard tells a great story that you know that you know literally the fans in the crowd are are, are saying, "Stop twitching! You're freaking my wife out." You know, and you know he used to get the cat calls from the fans being really cruel because he had Tourette's syndrome. No one understood what it was, and you know, and the thing that's interesting is that he tells Stanley Roberts that one of the things that made me a good, a good player was the Tourette's. I mean, I, I give a head fake. It wasn't an intentional head fake, but I'm giving a head fake. I'm, you know, you know, blowing by people. But yeah. I think the big, the big thing is that, um, you know, Mark Mood and Bernie had a really complicated relationship. And when you get to the part where he parts ways with the Nuggets, um, you know, there was a time that, you know, Mahmoud has sort of worn out his welcome there. I think there was people that didn't think he was dedicated to basketball the whole way, that the Islam had gotten in the way. And I think there was a, rep- a, a perception of the Nuggets that was the case. Mm-hmm. And you know, even though he would light guys up, and, and Scott, Scott's quoted in the documentary saying that, you know, he would be on his prayer rug, and next thing you know, he'd go out and get 30 on you. But they don't. But Mahmoud talked about on the team planes that there would be chatter behind him by the coaches. Like if he started, he would start talking to players about politics, about Malcolm X, about this and that. And the coaches, when you turn around, the coaches would be shaking their heads. And there just was a time that it just wore out his welcome. So when it happened, when the protest happens, 
it didn't take Bernie much to like, say that's it. You know, I just think that they had it was time. And uh, hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think Jalen Rose told a story how they used to go into Mott Boots' room and there'd be incense burning and on the road, you know, and he'd be yep. in for praying and then incense in his room. And then he was just a different cat. You know, he didn't, he was very serious. Um, uh, you know, I think Scott could attest to this. He talked about this, that, you know, he just was a different guy. And, um, and, uh, you know, I found him to be very intriguing. Uh, for, for as good of a speaker, and you, 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 you show in the documentary now, he goes out and does a lot of speeches um, and, and all that stuff. He was, and I can't remember if it was Jalen who said the thing, he was a shy guy, and he and, and said it the whole time. He didn't go out. I mean, he wasn't the guy that, that went out and, and hung out to clubs or partied or anything else like that. I mean, and so he, he, was, he was a quiet guy. Um, and it's yeah the, the the thing that hits me and, and even when we did the interviews Tom and and then watching the film last night is is you feel now at least I feel an empathy for him that I wish I would have had then as a player as a teammate and then as a young broadcaster even uh, in those first couple of years when everything was going through of the isolation he had to be feeling and and I and I think I said this to you in the interview. Even though you don't necessarily agree with with some of his politics or all of his politics or part of his politics, he's still a human being. And, and I just I just look at it now and said, dude, that had to be a lonely guy, and a lonely existence that he had to go through. And, and I wish I wish I'd have been better. Uh, and I and I think Jalen kind of said the same thing too. Yep. You know, I I, th- I think we failed him as teammates a little bit. Well, Jalen said that as well, Scott. And I think the thing is that, and, and this was brought up, and Dave Krieger brought this up and other people, that he was on his own at a time in this country where yes. the activist movement wasn't as popular. So when you look at the Muhammad Ali and, and that era, there was the civil rights movement was going on. It was a bit more publicized. And when you were going through Colin, Colin Kaepernick, it was Black Lives Matter. And when it came to my move, there was nothing. And no one really had his back. No one really, he didn't have social media to sort of have his back uh, or get criticized, whatever. There was no social media. So, you know, he was on his own. And, and that's what, you know, people have, have said that it was sort of a, in a historical time where this yeah. black ball, so-called black ball could happen. And it did. I mean, there's no reason to think that a guy who lights up Utah for 51 and Michael Jordan for 32 and next year, He's out of the league, basically. Mm-hmm. He's leading the team. He's leading the team in scoring when they trade him. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the leading. He was averaging over twenty points again. You know, teams don't just throw twenty point guys away. I, I thought you guys went and, and take it and say what you want and can't say. I thought you guys were easier on Bernie than I think I would have been. Bernie, uh, all right. So here's the thing about Bernie. We, the documentary <laughs> again. I. I, I <laughs> Stuff on the cutting room floor. Yeah, There's yeah. a story. There's a story, and I'm going to say it. I'll, I'll, I'll share the stuff that got cut. There's a story that, that Montlou told that 
Bernie had criticized him in the paper, and Mahmoud had gotten to the point of his life, I'm not going to sit around and take it anymore. Because if you remember in the documentary, guys, Mahmoud, when he was a college student, he was very passive. He stood there and took it. When the fans screamed, Who, who's your daddy? He didn't argue back. He didn't you know, shoot off his mouth in the postgame interview. Until he got his Malcolm X book from Dale Brown, he started to think more. And then when he got older, Bernie took him on in the press, said something about him, and Mahmoud called Bernie up and said, don't you ever say my name on that. Don't you use my name. Don't you? And he started going at him. They got a huge argument on the phone. Bernie hangs up on him. They go to practice the next day, and they shook hands, and that was that. But the relationship was bad. And, and you know, so it came time that when he did an HBO uh, – Mahmoud did an HBO interview, and he got skewered for that. And Bernie said that it had nothing to do – him not being in the league had nothing to do with his basketball. They just couldn't play anymore. And that wasn't really fair. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there were some things between them that didn't come out in, in the document. I wish we could have gone into everything. I think we were fair to Bernie. I think Jalen said it pretty poignantly. We said that Bernie kind of had to, you know, he was the first black president slash general manager slash coach. He had a very key executive position in the NBA as a black man, and it wasn't easy to get that. And maybe he had to stand up to the corporate people a little bit and just play the game a little bit. Uh, who knows? But uh, yeah. I, but Bernie, I, I, I would ag- I would agree and disagree with that statement from Jalen. Explain. What do you mean? Um, I, I, I think that was Bernie's personality. I thought he was a CYOA guy. Now, so so mm-hmm. I agree with him. Maybe he was CYOA and because of the perception yeah. of what would happen to him above. But but he 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 was not a trustworthy, in my opinion. And I like Bernie. And I'd probably tell him this. I wouldn't. Hey. If I was standing on the ledge, I wouldn't trust him to hold me. Let's put it that way. And and, and so, um, I I you know I don't have kind things. I'm I'm and this and this is more my dealings because he lied right to my face. And so, yeah. the, I got a different perception to him. And do I think he screwed uh, uh, Mockboot over and could have helped him and been better as a black man who's a general manager, as a black man who's a coach, and be more of a mentor? To to uh, um, Mahmoud, he failed that, and, and and I I will carry that to my grave. Yeah, and, and there's a scene in the in the documentary. I don't think Bernie says in the documentary, but we again we couldn't have everything in. Bernie says basically, Mahmoud, if you don't like this, just walk away. You you know this is your you have the right. You have, you're making a stand in this whole thing. If you don't like it, feel free to walk away. You don't have to come to Chicago because the team was going to Chicago when he got reinstated. He said you don't have to come. Mm-hmm. You know, quit. If you want to quit, quit. <laughs> uh, you're right. Bernie was not um, supportive to 100%. Um, and, and clearly they got rid of him right after. And the other thing in the doc- that's not in the documentary, guys, is that he plays after the suspension. He scored 19 at Chicago that night, that first game back, because he's getting booed and the whole country is, is lighting him up. He scored 19. That made his first two shots. And he scores another – has a good game at New Jersey – and then Bernie just says, you know what, we're going to shut you down for the year. We're just going to shut you down. We're, and they announced to the media that he had a foot injury. He didn't have any foot injury. And so <laughs> yeah. they basically – and Tommy Shepard admitted that. You know, they just, they just, just yanked him. So uh, thank, it thank, was, thank, uh, thanks for Thanks for ver- verifying my opinion. I appreciate you. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Hey, Tom, Tom Friend is our guest. It, it, it's a really outstanding documentary. Some people will not like it. Some will like it, but it's got it's got social issues in it. It's got it's got human interest in it. We didn't even talk about his upraising boys 
wait to, if when you see it where he lived it is it'll make you cry mm-hmm. um and how he got through all that um not knowing his father there's a, you know I don't want to give away the whole thing it it's it's more than just social issues but it is it's more than just poverty but it is it's more than just basketball but it is I I, I thought Tom you guys did a really good job and and thank you for uh, let me have a small little piece of it. And that, that that was pretty cool. Well, thank you. And I will say about his family, there is he, he is related to a former ABA player. I won't say who it is. You can watch the film, but he's related to a former NBA ABA player. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know uh, that. Tom, white, great stuff, man. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's available at Showtime. Go out and get it. Showtime sports documentary presents Stand. It's the uh, Mahmoud Doc Rauf. There it is. That's a great saying. I'm glad you brought that back out here. Tom, appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. There he is. Thanks, buddy. Great Tom job. Tom friend right there. That's good stuff. And, and, and by the way, Tom's going to try to get us uh, mock mood to come on the show. Hell oh, yeah. very cool. That'd be awesome. It yeah. was, like we said, I mean, all, all the stuff you just said. Steph before Steph, the social justice before the social justice. If Mahmoud abdul Rauf were an NBA player right now, he'd be celebrated and championed yep. for the things that he tried to do back then. And was dude. Uh, first of all, he's 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 fifty three, and he still plays in that uh, three him. on three thing. Yeah. <laughs> he moves. Dude, still. he still shoots. Oh, he does yeah. the oh, he, ice cube thing. The three on three. Yeah. yeah, the ice yeah. cube. Oh yeah, ice cube's really? in the documentary talking about I didn't him. Even yeah, know yeah, that. yeah. Yep. Wow. He can yeah. still shoot, man. Okay. Hey, shoot or shoot, Tyler. That's right. It never leaves you. Yeah. You know, we can just shoot. The diff- Let me know how it goes for you. The difference is he he can move different directions while he's still shooting <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you can't yet anymore. I, I can't move at all. Uh, all right, let's take a timeout. Do you want to get to uh, defensive coordinator? Who the heck's going to take that job under Sean Payton? Because Flores says, nah, I'm out. And I read this yesterday in the Denver Post. I want to ask Scott, I want to ask Tyler, and I want to ask you, Broncos country. Outside of Russell Wilson, who benefits the most from Sean Payton? What okay. player on offense benefits the most under new head coach Sean Payton? We'll give you answers next. All right, welcome back. It is 1243. We're live in the Bud Light Studios. Hang with you till 3 o'clock. Crackman and Lindall, of course, to follow. And uh, we love you. Thanks for joining us. 303-504-0925 is how you can text us. That is the Shant Mazda text line. You can also watch the show at twitch.tv slash Altitude SR. We appreciate everybody. Anna Marie loves my hair. Thank you, Anna Marie. I love you for loving my hair. Uh, hair's okay. Uh, don't see anything special about it today. Uh, I did get you, a haircut. You got the wet look uh, uh, ponytail going on. Mm-hmm. Do you put gel in it when you do the, the ponytail? No. No. Okay. All no. right. All right. I only really use leave-in conditioner. That's about it. Just oh, there it you go. There. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. A couple of things that we want to get into here. One, I mentioned it. Brian Flores. He is. She taking... said my hair was great. You stole the credit. What are you talking about? Oh wow, she did. Unbelievable. Columbus has great hair. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. I mean, he's got normal hair. Yeah. No, I got a fresh cut, man. Yeah, it does look good. I kind of like the little gray thing you got right here, too. Sexiness. I like that, actually. The Bible calls that wisdom. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, Scott must be wise as hell, then. (laughs) Yeah, I must be wise as hell, then. I'm going through Moses. Uh, Brian Flores, guys. He's out. I didn't ever think he was really in, uh, you know, weird that you're uh, suing a league that employs you and you name a team in it. They're uh, going to try to give you a gig. I didn't think that was a, a real shot here, but, hey, new bodies, new people in charge, all that stuff changes tones and 
what guys want to do, but Flores is going to Minnesota to help out with Kirk Cousins and company to see if they can uh, stop anybody on defense because they can actually score some points. Yeah, this one was weird to me from the get-go. I'm not going to lie. I get it. There's new ownership. There's new regime in town. Uh, John Elway's the only carryover, but John Elway's still involved in whatever his role is. Uh, I, nobody really knows what that role like is. Like at the Broncos, you mean? Yeah, 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 at, yeah. At, at the Broncos. But, I mean, the, you're, you're talking about a guy that just sued the organization or, or, or included the organization in his lawsuit, which is probably the better way to say that. Um, that felt a little bit weird and unusual to me, so <laughs> not entirely shocked that it didn't work out. I actually yeah, think- I, I think that probably had some still to play, right? Mm-hmm. I mean – I don't know what the lawsuit, if say he were to ever win, and I don't even know where it stands right now or anything like that. But um, one, you besmirched, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, uh, one of the most iconic names in, in the Bronco history. Right. Yep. Um, so they, if that alone, you know, probably disqualifies you from coming in. Now, if there's any truth to it, you know, probably the lawsuit disqualifies you from coming in. That's right, yeah. Probably. So now they move on. You are starting to hear a few names leak out here and there for offensive Greg coordinator, Williams. for special teams. Um, Dan, I'm trying to blank on both the names that I just read, but uh, special teams coach, they're apparently recruiting some guy 75 years old with Sean Payton, special teams coach out in uh, New Orleans. He's been retired, but Sean's trying to get him to pull out of it. Uh, for defensive coordinator, they're looking at a, a relatively young guy that was a, a quality control coach for Vic Fangio. Hmm. Um, then he went to the Bears, became their defensive coordinator for one year. Uh, and then last year he was out in Seattle. Oh, so, that's Desai. Sean yes, Desai. Sean yeah. Desai. So that's who they're looking at for defensive coordinator now. Um, and then offensive coordinator, uh, drawing a blank in the guy's name, but it's like Wahoff or something like that. Uh, okay. So, you know, starting to get, starting to see some names trickle out. If we're going to go for old guy special teams dude that you're pulling out of retirement, Uncle Jerry's around. Uncle Jerry. Uncle Jerry. Come on. Keep yeah. Uncle Jerry on this team. Jerry is around. Uh, I think there's probably some people that wouldn't mind seeing Jerry uh, come back. Yeah, if you're Jerry, though, and like you make, not only did you make your pitch, you had to ask permission to make your pitch to be the head coach. You made your pitch. Two days later, they were like, you know, you could just leave if yeah, you want. Yeah, just go back to retirement. Yeah. You know, what were you doing previously? Yeah, go do that again. I- I'm sure Jerry is probably like, hey, you know what? bleep you guys huh <laughs> probably uh, yeah probably um yeah it, we'll see what it looks like and defensive coordinator obviously you're going to fill that void with the evero but we mentioned uh the, the defense having some no, talent Ever- evero's gone no that's what i mean replacing evero oh i'm sorry but the talent being there i i like i said yesterday i know scott you don't you don't agree fully with the defensive stuff they got talent there you don't need uh an evero or a fangio to come and coach this defense they're going to be all right. The offense has got to do their gigs. So Peyton's going to spend um, the week interviewing all all possible candidates. Listen, it, it, first of all, no matter what you do defensively, um, if you increase from, what was it, 18, 19 points a game to 26, 25 the league average, just that movement helped your defense. Just that yeah. movement helped that defense. Instead of having – Seven three and outs in a game, maybe you have three. Or instead of having nine, you have, you know, whatever. Instead of having seven punts, you have three punts and and three more field goal opportunities. Um, A a better offense 
And, and it's part of my th- reason when I always talk about the Nuggets, a better offense is going to make your defense better. Because, and Tyler will tell you, when, when you get a team down, now all of a sudden they got to get out and become more one-dimensional. And when other teams get one-dimensional, go ask Vaughn Miller how, how much fun he's had in this league when teams had to it pass it on every down. Yeah. Right? Now mm-hmm. it all of a sudden hurts you. And that, that, that's been Denver for six years. You know, even though games were closer this year and they lost eight, uh, what, one-score games this year, dude, their quarterbacks ain't had a shot over the last six seasons. They averaged no shot at all. Their final, they were actually the lowest scoring team in the league. Their final, right under Houston and Indy, ugh, who averaged 17 points even a game. Denver had 16.9, which is game. up from last year at 14.9. You know, I, I still, I, I would take an Evero led defense in a heartbeat. Uh, that, that was a solid defense. I know what you're saying, Scott, for sure. Uh, but but I, that was a solid defense that I would take in a heartbeat. Hey, this is a tough sport, man. And and it, it's it's tough to be a whole lot better than they were last year. Can they be better? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just to fill in the blanks of the names that I was str- struggling with. I was trying to Mike, find that on Clissy. Mike Westoff is the 75-year-old that I was talking okay. about. He's the guy that they're looking at for special teams. He was the coordinator out there in New Orleans with Sean Payton for a while. Uh, Ronald Curry is a name that they're looking at for offensive coordinator. He was an offensive assistant uh, for Sean Payton out there in New Orleans. So Sean Payton doing what 99% of coaches do. He's going to get the band back together. They get the band back together. This worked for me before. Yep. Why won't it work yep. for me again? Yep. Okay. That's exactly what he's looking to do. Yeah. I like the name Ronald, so I'm pro that. Perfect. Ronald is a good name. Um, is that your middle name? Is no, that, I, I just uh, like it. Okay. I, I uh, used to have a buddy. I guess we're not buddies anymore. Let's but, play name association. Why uh, do you like that? His name? name was Ronald, and we called him Ron Easy. Okay, so there I thought you go. that was always All right, fun. Ron right? Easy, cool yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, right. Right on. That, so. that was my uh, biological father's first name. Really? Ronald. Did you call him Ron Easy or just Dad? Dad, I guess. Yeah, I guess Dad works instead of Ron Easy. Drunk. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. dang. Adulterer. I mean, there's a whole bunch of names we called him. Okay. Yeah. You oh, call I could him, go dark. Yeah. You, you call him a bunch of stuff. Huh? There, there, there's a dark hole right there. I, I still have a dark hole right there. I, I, absolutely. I, I do. I'm getting better. But you know what? Lord, I forgive him. So there you go. Hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting now with, with such an old, and I, I use this, the term old coach in, in you know, with quotations, if you will, uh, an experienced veteran coach that they've got. A guy that you can go back to his lineage all the way back to Bill Parcells, mm-hmm. which I don't think has been in the league in 20 years, right? Um, I mean, you can maybe go with a guy that's a bit younger, right? Enthusiastic, a a a Hackett type energy mm-hmm. for that defensive side, and obviously the knowledge and everything like that's got to come with it. But but with a veteran coach, head coach like that. He can take a shot maybe with a younger guy. Let's see if we get. Listen, I've heard good things about the uh, the linebackers coach in in you know San Fran or the the line uh, the yeah. uh, pass rush special coach there in Seattle. You know where I wouldn't even he, mind. He that. can go with a younger guy because you got a veteran guy. Mm-hmm. Problem Hackett had he was a first time young guy and he brought all young guys in. Yeah, yeah. yep. So right? with- there, there was no mentor on well, that group, and that's why Jerry. Rosberg got brought in late, right? Yeah, nothing wrong with proper balance on a coaching staff. No, I think that's good. No. I think that's healthy. Uh, have a balance of veterans and, and, and young up-and-comers. That, that's a good place to be. I asked you guys who benefits the most here from with this new staff and Peyton getting his guys back together. Like I said, made it work there in New Orleans. I, I think the easiest answer 
is Jerry Judy. I right? do too. And it's something we talked about yesterday, and we gave him credit. Look, we, we certainly talked about his deficiencies when they reared their ugly head. But when he got over those things and he started to ball the way he did the last five, six games this season, we gave Jerry Judy a bunch of credit. He was the best player offensively for Russ down the stretch. So to me, that's the, the easiest one. That's the most obvious. And I know you don't think he's going to make the team, but we've already got a, a text or two about it too. I think Latavius Murray is one of those guys that could benefit. I think a guy like... Now, he's got to get a hamstring that works more than three weeks at a time. K.J. Hamler is another guy that could really, really benefit from Sean Payton, too. Yeah, I mean, your, your options are pretty limited. If, if we're going to go non-Russell Wilson, offensive player, uh, you're, you're really only talking about wide receivers. So I think Jerry Judy is the, the best uh, that we could come up with here. You know, he still has got the talent. He's still got the skill set. We've seen him flash it a few times uh, over the course of the season last year. Uh, and I do think that he is the logical answer to that. I mean, other other than that, though, you're talking about, okay, is it going to be Tim Patrick? Is it going to be Cortland Sutton? Um, no, I think that as Sean Payton's looking at somebody to get excited about, it's probably going to be Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton's not going to do much to excite him right now, and Tim right. Patrick is just your all-around best wide receiver on the team. Yet even Tim Patrick doesn't bring a whole lot of excitement as a play caller that you're kind of drooling. How can I get the best out of this guy? Even Tim doesn't really bring that to the table. So it's it, it, it really is Jerry Judy. That's that's who it is. Yeah, Scotty, any other difference? You think Jerry Judy? Um, yeah, it always feels like he was able to find some diamonds. You know, it, when he was in New Orleans, Peyton, that is, in New Orleans, it always seems that there was always one or two receivers you'd go, Oh, yeah, I drafted a guy named Meacham in, in the sixth round. I have no idea who he is. And then all of a sudden, the dude's blowing up 100-yard games left and right. right. So I, I think I think the wide receiver position in general, I think Jerry helped himself, obviously, in the last three or four games. But I think the wide receiver position in general, and I'll be honest with you, I think the running game in general, um, we, and we don't maybe know all the names that, that will entail back there, but but I think the running game, I think the special guys, which have been lacking for a while, uh, uh, should have a nice, healthy bump. Um, but however, as we mentioned yesterday, there's whole five whole dudes up front that you better get get straight and right mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to turn this thing completely around offensively. Yeah, that's something we're going to chat about. I guess there was, I didn't see a ton of it, but uh, Draymond Jones, I guess, was liking tweets about not being around some of those oh, things. Really? Yeah. I didn't see it, and then when I went to his Twitter, he must have unliked because they're, they're not public anymore. But we'll, we'll chat about that a little bit as well. But some more Broncos to get to, but the Avalanche, they are back on the ice finally tonight. The unofficial second half begins. How healthy are they? How will they make a push to defend Lord Stanley's Cup? We ask Connor McGahee that question next. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.